LL Nation, what's goody? It's a blistering. Man, I was just telling Malik, man, all of my Chicago was gone, man. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it anymore. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Said the wind and took the soul out of you, man. No. Hey, out of you. So I was telling Malik, before we get into the show, we thank you for tapping in today. And um, brought to you by and featuring Anora Whiskey. Go to AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. So I was talking to Malik, and I was telling him, like, hey, bro, you know, the missus goes to uh, work out four in the morning. I don't even know how she walked out the door this morning. She comes back, tells me that the left rear tire is a little low. And uh, I'm like, okay. So I jump up. And at this point in time, it's like seven below. And I'm just jumping up. You know, I hear, you know, I hear her saying, I'm like, all right, let me go take care of this, man, so I can get back. Go to the gas station, bro. You know, I have my four quarters. Only to realize they pumped it up to a dollar twenty-five. Like, when did that happen? That's an odd number. Inflation on air. No, I need five quarters just to get air. <laughs> but hopefully, thank I mean, thank God this one had Apple Pay on it, which was I was like, okay, that's cool. For air pump. For air pump, yeah. So I, you know, Apple <laughs> Pay with my phone, which is wild, right? Apple Pay with my phone, and. um I forgot my gloves though, bro. So you have to realize at this point in time, it's like seven below. Yeah, you don't feel like you have hands. You just out there doing oh, stuff. Bro. So I forgot my gloves and um do every 10 seconds I'm switching hands, <laughs> other one in the pocket, you know, putting air in this tire, bro. And I told you, man, um I'm, I'm not Chicago anymore, bro. Mm -hmm. He was like, This is what I've been doing, and I was cool with this. Yeah, I was like, yeah, cool with this. And right about now, man, like my blood is real West Coast right now. Yeah. It's like that's yeah. all I can deal with. <laughs> it was today. Today was the day that I recognized, like, you know what? It, it might turn into a snowbird. Yeah, it might be time. <laughs> it might be time, bro. January 26, 2022 was the day. <laughs> all of the Chicago left me, man. It's like the only thing you wish you could take the food with you. Everything else is like, man, I don't know about this weather, dog. <laughs> man. But let's get into it, man. We have special guest CJ ProSize joining us at the top of the next hour, man. That should be fun. That's a Virginia dude. I can't wait to ask him about the DMV. Oh, straight up. Straight man. up. He, that's Mr. DMV right there. Yes, sir. But we're going to talk about, like, play a clip because we had a great interview. If you missed it yesterday. The second hour of the show with Cam McDaniel was absolute, absolutely fascinating conversation. You have to check it out if you missed it. Go to the YouTube channel and check it out. We might replay it later this week, dude, because I think <laughs> it's well worth a replay. Cam came and dropped some good stuff and on his interview, man. Just gym. great stuff. And one of the gems he dropped that I, I thought was worth bringing back was the conversation we were having about Notre Dame. And, you know, being compared to Alabama and Georgia and the fan base wanting more five stars and recruiting. And Marcus Freeman is going after more players. He's casting a wider net. But 
the reality of Notre Dame ever getting up to having 20 five stars on their roster might be a little far-fetched. And Cam McDaniel talked about the essence of Notre Dame and what really needs to happen for things to get to the level where they compete and ultimately win a national championship. This is from yesterday's show, special guest Cam McDaniel. Like the whole nation got behind, you know, this group of individuals, but ultimately it's about a coach that leaves a good head, like head football coaching job at Temple, goes to a small school or small orphanage in Fort Worth and develops a football team that ends up competing with the best teams in Texas in the 1930s and develops the, develops the wishbone offense and the shotgun offense simultaneously. So innovation, creativity, and culture, the things that you're talking about are what define like these winning teams. There yeah. aren't like people are looking for this in, in the talent pool. And I'm telling you guys, talent is everywhere. Like it's everywhere. Uh, and, and I mean, I, I think I just retweeted something about like, all the stars right now that we're watching in the divisional playoff games, yeah. like how many five stars are in that list? I mean, like it, talent and creativity, you got to Like it's creativity. Like we got to start, we got to start looking at creativity as a indicator for potential, uh, like, I don't know how to put it, but potential like dominant, like dominating play, like, Players that, again, are fearless and have the ability to innovate and create in ways that are unique and can get comfortable with their team and do the stuff that, again, like we were talking, like a guy like Patrick Mahomes is able to do because yeah. he's so, like, comfortable with his, like, his team and he set the tone of that collective consciousness in such a way that it's like things just happen. Or like Brady, like Brady <laughs> as another great example, like. Brady was just like things were just falling into his lap. It felt, it felt like it was just everything was happening the way that like you just know Tom Brady's gonna give you a run for it at the end because right. he's Tom Brady and he's got those intangibles, kind of like Michael Jordan always had. Like yeah. just there's something about him that when he steps on the court, he just knows that uh, like I'm a I'm a huge part of what makes this sport special. And that stood out to me, innovation, creativity, and culture. And, and I think those are three things that Marcus Freeman is trying to do. He's trying to be innovative with the way he's recruited at Notre Dame. This has never been done this way before. He's trying to be creative with his coaching staff and the way he's going about bringing in a certain type of guys, more consultants than Notre Dame is used to. Yeah, way more setting a culture we talked about that on monday you hear from the defensive side of the ball we've yet to hear from the offensive side of the ball but you hear from the defensive side of the ball like yo culture's there competitive yeah. they fly around they love being there and they're, yep. everybody's on board so so now you know it's just watching all of this come together so how is it going to look when notre dame finally gets to the top of that mountain and hoist the trophy as a national championship. Like, will they have a dominant front seven, stout front seven like 2012, you know, with, you know, the back end not yet fully developed, cornerbacks that are younger, and a young quarterback in tandem with a veteran quarterback that's working a two-quarterback system, 
with a running game and the offensive line ascending. The offensive line wasn't yet what we saw 14, 15, 16, 17, mm-hmm. but it was going in that direction. Or 2018, which most people, if you talk to them, they feel like even the Clemson staff pointed out after they won the championship, they had a tough, they were worried about Notre Dame more than they were worried about Alabama just because of the front and the way Notre Dame had played all year. Notre Dame was pretty dominant that year. They were. They were pretty dominant that year. So when you really think about that, I think the first thing that's going to be different and innovative just based upon his recruiting is that linebackers at Notre Dame are going to be so versatile that the defense moving forward, we don't know what the formation is going to be. We don't know. We don't know. Because he's recruiting linebackers that can literally be DNs in a four-man front with two defensive tackles. They can go NASCAR with two defensive ends that are bulkier on the inside, two linebackers. And, heck, he has so much depth in line, depth at linebacker that he could throw five on the field. Like They're that fast. They're that versatile. So I definitely see where he's going defensively as far as being innovative. He's definitely creating one-on-one mismatches for for offenses to block all day. You know, when you got five five five-star linebackers, that's a lot to worry about when they're all rotating in there. And you got a a bunch of guys that are some guys can be stand-up, some can be rushed, some can be dropping coverage, some can be stop the run. I think because they're so versatile, Falski included, you know, we even saw Falski dropping out in the festival, maybe right. more than we would have liked, <laughs> but it does show you that how the defense is. You never know where you'll see somebody. I mean, we've seen Kyle Hamilton come from safety position, making plays before linebackers. So that's more of what we want to be able to see is the sideline, the sideline and everybody hitting the football. So, a prime example is what a national championship Notre Dame team would look like. It would look the defense would look very similar to a Georgia Alabama defense. Now I think our offense would be more unique than what we saw from those two schools, but their offenses are unique from each other as well. You know Stetson Benson or Stetson Benton couldn't run Bryce's offense at Georgia because that's not his skill set. So our offense is going to have to look. To his Tyler skills, I'm thinking like a 2014 offense. Mm. Heavy read option, run, play action stuff, quick stuff. And then you're trying to take shots because he can throw it deep. He can throw it further than Jack. So you got to be able to extend the play. I think seeing a lot more screens come back 2014 style because you got Chris Tyree that, in my opinion, early on, he should touch the ball a lot, especially in that running back room to get it going early, especially with Ohio State, he should have at least 10 touches. Right. Just so that'll make the team comfortable, I feel like. I think we could we could go to sleep at night being like, we at least gave Chris Tyree and Lorenzo Styles 20, 20 touches apiece or 10 apiece, right? Yeah. So I do think that it's a cookie-cutter archetype for a defense that's a national championship defense. Now, let's talk about that, the different components. 
because in 18, you had a guy, Julian Love, that played a lot of off coverage, but he was considered, he was in the mold of what you saw with the Legion of Boom. Richard Sherman was an off coverage guy, but he was a guy that you didn't want to throw at. Right. You know, everybody thinks that having a lockdown corner means the guy has to bump and run every snap. And I love the way the Rams use Jalen Ramsey. You know, he oh, yeah. got beat late by Mike Evans just because, literally, I don't think he thought they were going to throw it. I, I, I really think he was like, this he, game. he was like, man, they're not throwing this ball. Because remember they, the, the time they threw it before, he made a good play and Weddle got that that penalty. Right. So he's like, man, Tom Brady is done. He's not thinking about throwing this because nobody was deep other than them. And Brady snuck Everybody him. was underneath. Brady snuck him. He snuck him. <laughs> he snuck him. He looked up like, oh, snap. You can see he looked up like, yeah, oh, he was like, he He's like, you got me, bro. I right. wasn't even paying attention. Right. But he's so, still a great player because he only get like three or four targets a whole game. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Notre Dame, when they ultimately win, will have that type of defensive back. He might not be in the mold of an Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner that's just bump and run, loves to bump and run. But but they he, may turn into that, though, because Marcus' defense, Yeah, it requires a guy. I mean, we didn't seen a guy not be Sauce Walker in that defense and get exposed. Yeah. So he's recruiting yeah. guys that can fit a Sauce Walker more so than a Richard Sherman for the scheme. Yeah. I don't think if – I think if anything – Marcus Freeman's gonna get even more creative because he's gonna be like, I'm playing with a house full of cards. Yeah. Now see, I want to see Jay Nick. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm happy. I mean, you he's been out there with you. Dude, yeah. the attitude this kid is bringing <laughs> to the table already, that's half the battle with that position. Yeah. Like, you have to have an attitude at that position. You have and, to. and that's that goes a long way because it's because that's the attitude we lack late in games. Mm-hmm. Previous years, yeah, you just you just like man, this tackling thing, I'm over it. <laughs> because it's not even that we're not in position. That's the that's the frustrating part is that we are in position. We just be like, man, it's bringing them down is a whole nother thing. I can get there, but bringing right. them down, come on, I'm tired. <laughs> so, multiple linebackers. Shut down defensive back, not necessarily a man that's bump and run all the time, but someone that puts the fear. This team's going to throw at Cam Hart right now. No. So if team not throwing at Cam Hart and we got freak athletes at linebacker, who you throwing it to? Yeah, because definitely. You know, who you going to throw it to? The pass defense <laughs> would be much better because the coverage. Yeah. Now you're not really man to man all the time. You're playing a lot of zone and coach can throw a lot of his fires his stunts, things that he likes to do. And Brandon oh. Joseph's experience and athleticism is going to play great in, in that defensive scheme. Yeah. Let's see Brandon Joseph can go and play. the. He's very much like Kyle Hamilton. I'm not calling him Kyle Hamilton. No, but, but I agree. You don't have to bring in a nickel. No. Like if they go to three wide receivers, Brandon Joseph. Just drop him down. Joseph, drop him down. Drop him down. Let him defend. Let him defend that third wide receiver in the slot. And now you can worry about moving fast. Right. You know, this is that's the Oklahoma State cover up now because now you moving fast. We don't have to sub. We got Brandon Joseph can do the same thing with a nickel. Yeah. Now you know everybody's been asking me 
and comments after the show about Clarence Lou. See, Lou knows what he has to do. Yeah, like he. Yeah, Come on, we if we don't have to say anything about see Lou. His to do list is the the most out of anybody on the team. There you go. He knows, and he knows what was brought in with Morrison and Jaden Mitchell yeah. in the twenty two class. And Ben Morrison is is nice. I think that's my favorite right now. Yeah. Nobody's really talking about him, but Ben Morrison has the the traits. I mean, the kid's like what six two. Yeah, like this. Is a, I mean, we recruit some big guys at corner now. Philip Riley's huge. Phillip I'm Riley excited to huge. see. I'm excited to see what he looks like. You know, I know he was young last year, but yo, well, he pretty much had a red shirt year. Yeah, and a chance to develop under Mickens, under Freeman, and O'Leary. So, like you said. The piece, defensive backfield, in my opinion, is going to look a whole lot better next year. Yeah. A whole lot better. So you might not have to worry about C. Lou as much. Yeah, I think he would be the least of our problems. Yeah. One, because I think he'll play better. I think that was just we a little bit prisoner at the moment. You know, we don't want to be too hard on the kid. But I don't think we'll be worried about him being an issue because I don't think they'll be able to get the ball off. I think we're going to have a lot more sacks and turnovers with yeah. Falski coming back. I told you why he was coming back. <laughs> He's coming for, for that. You know what? I thought the record would be more than 13 and a half in a season. In college, yeah. I thought it would be th- more than 13 and a half from Notre Dame. I thought the Notre Dame record would oh. be more. Like, okay. But but you got to think. Who guys like Justin Tuck. I'm like, man. But I Tuck had a, a – but you got to think. Justin Tuck football back then with Justin Tuck was a lot of run stopping. Facts. Like Man. Justin Tuck right now probably had twenty something sacks, like some Chase Young or something crazy. Well, how many snaps did Justin Tuck actually drop? You gotta think about that too. Mm, yeah, Aussie's probably dropping twenty percent of the time. Way more than he should. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the, you know it's too much when you catch the replay. You be like, wait a minute, why is he not rushing? <laughs> and they see him dropping the space. You're like, wait, where is he going? <laughs> right. So. When we think about that, let's go to the defensive line. We already said they need to get up 113-130 for the last two years as far as yards given up on the ground. It's not good enough. No. Not good enough, right? Because that's too balanced of a day. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm interested in seeing will Notre Dame go and get run stuffers? Or will they just allow their defensive line to be disruptive and get into the backfield and then just let their linebackers just clean up the mess? There's two ways you can do that. I think we focused on 2012 linebackers where we just had two at Knicks and Chimbo, just two-gap everything, and that's how Manti became a highest I should have asked you this with Cam on the on, on the show yesterday. Everything being equal, they got the same defensive line in front of them. You want Jalen or Manti in the middle? Oh, Jalen. <laughs> Jalen is one of the best, if not the best player I've ever played with in person. Like, maybe it's a little biased. That's my favorite player I've ever played with is Jalen. Yeah. And I haven't played with Manti, 
but I still think Jalen was way better. Like I think if Jalen was in the place of Manti, he would have won the Heisman. Well, first of all, he wouldn't have had a fake girlfriend. <laughs> Do you believe that that really was a distraction? That that played no, a part? No, 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 no. The a Cam didn't really get into the fullness. He stopped himself because <laughs> he was about to really open up the can of worms on everything that was happening surrounding yeah. that. I think it was bigger. Like, I really? think what the media got was PR and Notre Dame kind of. But I remember being at school when it was going on, you know, because I, I came to school too. early. Huh? I think when they were doing, they were doing specials on this girlfriend, like game <laughs> five or six. I think everybody in that locker room knew. Everybody <laughs> has something to talk about. Man, it's, come on, man. That's such a weird, but like, it's such a weird thing to even say that's a not an excuse but a distraction maybe <laughs> yeah i mean dude when you're going into a national championship game like your energy has to be locked in locked in and dealing with that and other stuff and if i'm Man, not then it comes back to what was we really dealing with uh a guy that they didn't want to tackle they were still dealing with the residue from not uh oh man, I hate when I draw a blank on names. Uh Prince Shimbo and his you know alleged issues. Yeah, that was still that was still bubbling. So that team, there was a lot going on, man. And they overcame a lot just to make it to that game. Like we talked yeah. about how many tough games they they won in that season. So yeah, we was dragging across the line. Alabama was just waiting there. Oh, man. <laughs> Alabama was sitting up there like, yeah, okay. That don't fall hard to get here. Man. But we had I, nothing left. But I, but I do agree with Cam. It really wasn't about the fact of win or loss. They just didn't feel like it was a true representation of who they were as a team that night. Yeah, because it, it was so disappointing. At halftime, it was like nobody wanted to even watch it anymore. And we have to get we have to get your boy Devaris on because that was like Devar Devaris was balling. He was, was killing him that night. We were we called the game for Eifert, but Devaris was the one taking off. You know, yeah, I didn't like that. Like splitting Eifert out and all. It's like, yo, I understand that worked. He tried to make it seem like that was all we had, though. Right. I didn't like that. And once again, you know. You have to at least try to run the ball. At least try. We always get afraid in big games to run the football. Run the even even when we played Ohio State with yeah. Deshaun, we didn't we threw the ball as many times damn near as as the last time with Jack. Yeah. So every big game we've been in, we've been so non-committal to the run. The LSU game with Ian, and they won on the last play with Miles Boykins. That's the last time I remember us even really running that hard. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Michael Is Johnson says, or something? we need two 300-plus DTs. Let the linebackers eat. Man, I mean, like, uh, that Georgia-Alabama D-line looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. I ain't going to lie to you. They run like a 4-2-5. They just want to put four guys down there and damn near five if they want to. Dude, 
And those guys are just way like the, the interior makes it look so good because they're all solid 300. And you know what's unfair? Dallas, uh, Dallas Clark, uh, uh, the freshman number 15 that they had, and then Will Anderson. Like, they're the same body types, bro. Oh like, just Will Anderson's arms are like, and he's, and he's slim, but you know, right. he's super strong. And it's just the we, what's the last freak we had look like Will Anderson? I have to think to you know, Jalen, Jalen Smith freakiness. That's about the. You know, Jeremiah Wusu was freaky, but he wasn't as intimidatingly physically huge. Yeah. You know, he was just a really, like, a really good player. Yeah. But. And I think that's what Cam was getting at. Like, you can find talent everywhere. Like, there's freaky talent all over this country. You can't get caught up in five-star, four-star. You just have to have the ability as a staff to go find those players, dude. You have to find them. You have to search them out, and you have to find them, and then you have to develop them. But there is a type, and based upon the linebackers that Marcus Freeman went and got in this 2022 class, and the ones yeah, that coming, like Avengers, he's yeah. recruiting superheroes at that position. Yo, I like that type. I'm all for that. <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're really trying to give you what the Notre Dame. National championship team would actually look like and innovative. You know, let's switch over to the offense. Let's throw a spotlight on Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator. When we talk about innovation, what do you see in the Notre Dame offense that can be different and innovative moving forward? Because everybody does like RPOs and other things. But is there anything that you see? Because you coach on the high school level, and most people don't understand that really the innovation that comes to college starts at the high school level the majority of the time. No, so, absolutely. You see a lot of creative things in high school. You're like, man, why did – that's cool y'all thought about that because, you know, it's a work on a bigger level, you know. It just doesn't yeah. get caught. But yeah, in my opinion, what a creative offense would look like for Notre Dame is – when I want to go into a Notre Dame game, knowing that Styles is touching the ball hella high water. Yeah, I don't remember the last game I Notre Dame game I watched where I felt like, oh, I know where we're going, I know what we're doing. It's always been like, who's going to show up today? Who's going to get hot? And then you know, when all else gets desperate, give it to twenty three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go into the game knowing, like, for instance, Ohio State game. I know Chris Tyree is going to touch it. I know that Tyler Buckner is going to get five runs in the first quarter at least. Yeah. And our identity is we're moving forward. We're going to stretch it vertical and give a bunch of read options, time, possession, boom. Just because it's simple, don't make it not creative. We just can't look like we out there just calling plays. Sometimes I think we get in the modes where we're – so fancy and we've been prepping for so long we just call, start calling stuff and then we lose that that momentum when we're uh when we're stagnant so in the beginning of the season we were a momentum offense jack get a big completion now we roll now kyron rip a big run right. now we get a big third down but if we don't have momentum it's the hardest thing in the world to watch 
Because now you're like, why are we throwing on first and second down? Now it's third and 10. Now we gave the ball right back, and now the defense on the field for another 20 plays. Right. So maybe the offense next year stops becoming a momentum offense and just becomes a dominant offense. You know what I mean? So innovation is in the eye, you know, beauty for innovation is in the eye of the beholder, right? Some people see things and they're like, oh, that's nasty, right? And some people see it and like, oh, it's beautiful. The running game can still be beautiful. Like, I know we're in an era where everybody wants to see the ball thrown around. Heck, we saw Jack Cone throw it around in the Fiesta Bowl. I don't know if I want to see that. Unless yeah, I just don't have, know what to see. Unless we just have one of those dominant quarterbacks, then, okay, I might be cool with it. And I probably still wouldn't be cool with it. Like, mm. run the ball. Are we still in an era, in an era where running the ball can still be innovative in a sense i think the one we've we just like you talk about high school having these innovative type plays yeah kyle shanahan shows you you can get fresh with the run facts his run plays are almost more exciting to watch than jimmy throwing the football well it's a lot more exciting than jimmy g (laughs) i mean because it's like you might he might send a guy in motion and just quick give it to him, and he takes off around the edge for 10 yards. I would, rather come back. His, I would rather keep up with Jimmy G's dating life than <laughs> his passing, dude. Seriously. So if, if Kyle Shanahan is making the run look sexy, I know it still has some value in the game somewhere. Yeah. Because think about it. San Francisco is beating teams they're not supposed to beat. Yeah. Because they're like, we're just going to run it, and y'all can't do nothing about it. We don't need a better quarterback right now because our defense is solid. Right. I.e. what Georgia was in college. We're not paying those guys, so I think it'll take a little time before we get to dominant all across the board defensively. But because I do think we'll have a top five defense next year, the run is even at a more of a value for Tyler Buckner because sometimes we're going to get early turnovers. Yeah. And and sometimes we just need Tyler just run it in. Yeah. Kill some time, you know, get you know, and then that's how you get those games where other teams are scoring less than ten. Cause we got the ball on our side, we got turnovers, and Tyler's just managing the game. Juan Lazada taps in with this. Appreciate you, Juan. We need to find us a Percy Harvin, Debo Samuel, uh, Samuel Tyreek Hill, and run more pistol. And look, that's the reason I brought that up. That's what Cam touched on. Like, go find that dude, yeah, right. That you can't. We measure forty times and all of these different things, but what you can't measure is the creativity and artistry in those three guys, like. The ability to make you miss, the ability to catch the ball from the slot, the ability to run a post, the ability to take a handoff or a, a pitch, just to get the ball in your hands, all of these different type of ways, and you have the ability to make big plays from different areas on the field. Notre Dame hasn't had that since. Of course, you go back to Rocket. That's going to be the archetype for everybody when they think about that in Notre Dame. Notre Dame hasn't had really had that type in a long time offensively. 
to be able to give Thomas a chance to be innovative and say, man, I have to get the ball in his hands. I have to find a way to get the ball in his hands. I mean, you think about what Lou Holtz did. Lou Holtz would literally have Ricky Waters and lined up in the slot mm-hmm. and the rocket at running back, and then would flip them the very next yeah. play. I just switch, yeah. Just switch, y'all switch. You go to the spot, Ricky. You go. We're gonna pitch it to you this time, or we gonna. And then we might throw it this time, you know. Right. You know. And that's just crazy, but that's the type of versatility offensively that really leads to innovation. Because mm-hmm. just because they were running the option, people didn't think Lou Holtz was innovative. He was very innovative within with his personnel. Team. Yes, with personnel. And so and you know we got that personnel over here. Yeah. So it's just a matter of identity. You know, yeah. you have to have an okay, we know we got a Styles, we know we got a Braden Lindsay and a Chris Tyree all on the same team. Yeah. If we can't turn one of them into a Tyree, then it's just a disservice to everybody because that's that's production. You know, I mean, Chris Tyree, I thought was a perfect game plan in the first half because you saw him catch it, run it, do everything. Yeah, I gotta bring this up to you. These two comments, John. Hey, what's up, John? Thank you for tapping in, man. If the defense was solid and if Fiesta Bowl and held OK State to the season average of twenty points, but you feel differently about the sixty-eight attempts at thirty-five points. I already know what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Yo, you were texting me during the game, like. Are we really about to let this dude throw the ball sixty times? Yeah, I I could because it just it because it was so out of the blue. We we could nobody would have guessed we would have went into that game mm-hmm. doing that. Right. It wasn't like we didn't guess it. Like, oh, that's a genius. I would have never did. It was more like we know that we would never rely on Jack Cohn to pull us out in the January 6th bowl game. That's what I feel. I don't know if you felt like that, but I'm like, you know, we got enough guys where it'll be a good team effort. No, yeah. we said this is Jack or nothing. And I just felt like that's – we have so many more pieces in the team that we're better than. Right. So, no, I don't feel good even if we won with 68 attempts because Tyler didn't get any of them and Jack's not going to be here next year. <laughs> Bad 2011 GT throwing the ball 68 times was innovative. <laughs> Just too smart for our own good. Man, Lucky Lefty Podcast really breaking down how a national championship team at Notre Dame will ultimately look like. So here's the question of the day. And I'm going to ask you first, and we want LL Nation to tag in, let us know what you think. I'm going to give you seven, okay? We know Alabama and Georgia usually have 18, 19, 20. I'm giving Notre Dame seven five-stars. Tell me where you want these five-stars to be placed positionally. Quarterback. Okay. Receiver. Okay. Linebacker. Corner. And a right tackle. That's five, right? That's five. You got two left. Oh, I got two. Oh, yeah. Oh, we hitting seven. Oh, shit. I'm yeah. getting. Oh, we rich. <laughs> <laughs> we rich. <laughs> you found out it's extras. You, ain't your you found out it's some left yeah, over. Two, 
hanging on the hanging on the roster somewhere. Okay, definitely, I would I would love to have two five star secondary players. So you want two DBs, or you want a safety and a DB? I'll do safety DB. Okay. You know, maybe we could mix match or something. I gotta have a five star linebacker. So where am I? I got one more left. You got a quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker, safety, DB, and you just said, tackle. I said a tackle. Tackle. So you got. And one the last back. one we need is a ultimate defensive end, and we're straight. So we have to compile over four classes: a five-star quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker, safety. Defensive back, tackle, and DN. And we and we win every year. And we good. That's 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 what it is. Because that, that's the that's the areas that could change life if we just just turned it up a little bit. That's why we don't need 20. That's why mm-hmm. I know we're good. We don't need 20. We just need just a little just a little, a little higher. Just a little a little higher. That's All you right. know, Fowski just a little better is what 15 sacks? Yeah, it's a little bit. We you know 15 sacks from Fowski. That's that's a totally well, that's first different of all, 15 sacks from Fowski Fals- is a new record. It's, it's a new record, but, yeah, but you, the record at 15. But he had 13 last year. So that's what I'm saying. It's just a little, just a little turn up. The Brandon Joseph is the closest thing to a five-star replacing a five-star. Cam oh, Hart's right. damn near you're playing like a five star, and then one of them linebackers gonna pop up. I think it's too many to even. I don't even know how many we got now. <laughs> we got more linebackers than O line and Andy line. <laughs> Yo, that dude is ordering linebackers like all oh, you can eat pancakes at IHOP. Yeah, like I wonder what he's telling them at this point. Like, is he telling them that you're gonna play, or is it just a doggy dog world at this point? Oh, he gonna just dude. he gonna treat you like how the Joker did. He gonna say, "All right, I can only take one guy." So right. figure it out. <laughs> Let's see some of these uh, compilations, man, and breakdowns for some of LL Nation. All right, let's uh, get to our girl DBZ. Two wide receivers, quarterback, running back, defensive end, safety, and DB. Two receivers is what that Alabama Ohio State kind of got going on. Yeah, Princeton when they was nice, they had T Higgins and the other dude on the other yeah. side. Yeah, I'm we, saying we need one because I think one would be it'll be enough problems because our quarterback is a five star, so he finna just get busy too. Weezing the juice says quarterback, defensive tackle, two wide receivers, cornerback, safety, linebacker. Yep. All right, Matt, 2011 GT, quarterback, two wide receivers, cornerback, linebacker, safety. Why am I saying double double uh, secondary when that's been our biggest issue for years? Yeah, that's true. You know, we've been putting lead receivers in there. It's just, you know. He pretty much agrees with you, except he throws in the running back instead of the safety. Uh, We already running back you. Let's see. Or if we just being simple, I'll be like. Says the year we get seven five stars, my kids will get to see it. Well, first of all, you have to realize this. Notre Dame, I think, is going to have four on the roster this year. 
Jalen Sneed and Emil Wagner got bumped up to five stars. Ooh. So that's two that's coming. That's two down. Yeah, that's, that's two, two down. I'm not sure. If, was Tyler a four or five? I think it was a four. It was four? It was a high four. Like, could have been a five if he went to another camp or something. I think, you know? if I'm not mistaken, Notre Dame's going to have either three or four on the roster just this year. Yeah. They're getting three. At least in 2023. In oh, yeah. So that's going to be six on the roster in 23. So getting the seven five stars is on the roster. That's not hard. No. It's not hard. You're not getting to the 18, 19, 20 that Georgia has or Alabama, but seven is not hard. When you recruit, when you actually put in the work like Marcus Freeman and his staff are actually doing, see, we're so, man, we've become so immune to it and just accepting what Brian Kelly said and the work, the lack of work he put in to go get five stars. Then it's just like, yeah, you can't get five stars in Notre Dame. Yeah, you, you, you came accepting with what was comfortable. Yeah. Just watch. I mean, literally, look. <laughs> Marcus Freeman, we talked about this. He walked into IMG, something that Brian Kelly would never do. He'll pass by it, fly over it. He know. walked into IMG, sat down, and literally said, I want all four of your five stars. All four. No Dame's never done that. Never. Everybody knows what's at what's at IMG. Everybody knows what's up there. Brian Kelly would have never walked in. He would have walked in there and said, "Man, what do you think about that kid? Like he's from Chicago, so maybe he'll want to stay in the Midwest. Maybe we can get him." Yeah, it, no, they'll ask him just like this. What do you think our chances are if we offered him? Yeah. Yeah. So if they say if they say no, they just won't offer you. They won't, won't even talk to you. Right. And Marcus Freeman's like, man, what look, we'll he already got an offer, and now we can talk about something. We're going to <laughs> offer him. And then we go see the him. Other questions, yeah, we'll answer all of the other stuff down the road. <laughs> and look, seven is not hard at, at all. David Flores, quarterback wide receiver, two D, two DTs, two CBs, and an outside linebacker. All right, man. I almost want to do five D linemen. <laughs> almost. I thought you were gonna ask me for another one. Like, can I get eight? <laughs> uh, Donnie Cruz says his breakdown is DT, cornerback, wide receiver, running back, and safety linebacker. David Knight said Bo Bauer may surprise us, and if not, he won't play much. Yeah, look, man, about surprising. he better keep up. Hey, man, look. <laughs> he better keep up. Hey, man, look. <laughs> and I know we play it for, like, one specific reason. But look, bro, if if if, if, that, if, the, if the linebackers are going to look like this after dealing with tempo, they're not going to get a lot of snaps. Next he prepared year. us really well. He had us ready for the high tempo. He had us ready. Like, it wasn't schematically. It was a little the little details of we missed tackles. We didn't win the 50-50 balls. Those little details, and we need to make sure we do that better, and it's on us. And going into the next season, I just want to make sure I focus on the fundamentals, the little things like. J.D., that's it. I just yeah. want you to look at his hair. <laughs> I do. Just, he was so frazzled. Yeah. 
His hair was still messed all up. Over the place. Like, yo, yeah. If they don't change, if Bo Bauer, if Bo Bauer, Kaiser, and Bertrand, if they don't change the ability to break down, make plays, it's just gonna be too easy to to not want to put all them them superhumans you done recruited in the other class. They gonna give you the benefit of doubt and the respect of being a senior or a seniority position, yo. But you only got a couple times where they be like, man, call them dogs in here. <laughs> you know the scene. And uh, get rich or die trying when that cat 50 had just got the whip, the 500. Yeah. The white joint. And he pulled up next to dude and pulled off of him with the face. And that gif, that's going to be Marcus Freeman pulling off on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. On them guys talking about we was prepared. We just couldn't make the play. He gonna right. Do He's going to pull off. Like, all right. And it's not going to be his fault. <laughs> LL Nation, what gif? What Jeff is Marcus Freeman going to be when he's watching the linebackers, knowing he has youngsters that can come in and get the job done? What Jeff is be like? All right. <laughs> he might use a decent and marrow one too. He's a what? He might use a decent and marrow. Jeff too. Yeah. The uh, which one? The uh, um. The one with Deces falls back in his chair, like, oh yeah. Or <laughs> the one where he falls off the chair, like, really, dude? Like, all right. Like, here we go. I got something for you. But I am excited because it, if it's if it's not like it was before, mm-hmm. we can only hope for it to be better. Yeah, let's see. Anthony Anthony Solomon, two wide receivers, corner quarterback, cornerback, safety, left tackle, right tackle. So he wants both edges to be protected. So look, man, it's funny because the one position that has not come up yet. Is something Notre Dame is really known for. I've yet to see someone a tight end. Tight end. Like, our yo, fan base, our fan base, sick of talking to tight ends. <laughs> they said, "Oh, those guys, we got a whole closet full of them." We don't Man. Need no more <laughs> I'm gonna go different, bro. I'm gonna go different. I don't need a five-star quarterback. Not a quarterback. Okay. I can get a four, a really good four. I can get a really good four. So I don't need that five-star quarterback. I definitely need. But um, but why not need a four when fives have been damn near winning it except this year? Because I said I don't need a four. Because I'm talking about me being innovative. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't need a four. Because if I get a – I mean, I don't need a five. If I get a four and I get like – the innovation of having a Percy Harvin type mm. and, you know, a Rocket Ishmael type that I'm flip-flopping back and forth. And quarterback don't matter then. Yeah, defensively, you have to figure out where two people are each and every yeah. play. You Chasing. know what I'm saying? Now, 
Like, dude, I man, I this four star is gonna be better just from the scheme, getting the ball out. I need a four star to be accurate, and I need him to be to be a leader. I need a left tackle, and I need another. I need two five stars on that front. Yeah, offensively. So that's four, and then after that, just give me do. I need that DN. I need a linebacker, and I need that uh, defensive tackle. Because on the back end, on the back end, you can go do Kobe Bryant and Ahmad uh, Gardner from Cincinnati. Dude, you talking about two first-round draft picks. Neither were five stars. And I think DBs, yeah. you can find speed. Oh, there's tons of speed in this country. Tons of speed. Tons of speed in this country, especially now. Yeah, you're going to find more speed than anything else. Yeah. So I would trust my innovation a whole lot more and make sure that I put a lot of it around my quarterback to help make him better. Because I don't want all that pressure on my quarterback. Like, you can win with all the pressure being on that five-star, but I would much rather put a lot of talent around a four-star and rock out. Just being able to innovate and be creative. It's just, it's just hard though because it, we're talking about what are you trying to win. Mm-hmm. We've seen, for instance, the talent of both teams that have won championships from the Ohio States. Yeah. To the Clemson's, back when they started. Right. We've seen that these quarterbacks that. These Justin Fields, these Trevors, these CJs, these big-time players, they always are the end of the season for a reason. Yes, those teams are good around them, but there's got to be a guy, a trigger man, that's highly touted running the show. I think the Bennett kid has made it feel like you can do it without it, but it's such an outlier because you're not going to get 25 stars on no regular I say, team. I didn't say I want to stats and Bennett, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's not what I said. I said a four-star, bro. Okay, okay. so what's up? That's, That's not what I said. That's not what, That's not what I said. <laughs> you know what I mean? What I mean by that is if I don't get Dante more, okay. and let's talk about it because okay. he committed to Oklahoma, but Jackson Arnold, basically, that's his, like, hold-in-place commitment. Okay. Like, I have a commitment. Because he understands he's dealing with a loaded class. So I have somebody that I can commit to now. I'm going to go ahead and put that commitment in place, but I'm still taking officials. Well, yeah. if you're still taking officials, you're still looking. Of course. So Notre Dame's going to keep recruiting you. Texas, Texas A&M, they're going to keep recruiting you. But you already have that in place, but you know you can flip at any moment yeah. if you want to. If so, you want to. If I don't get Dante Moore and I go get a Jackson Arnold, who's a four-star, I'm cool with that. I don't okay. want to stats and Bennett. That's, man, please. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Please, I'm thinking no. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. I do not want to step in Bennett. So then you would want Tyler Buckner then. Right? Say it again. So you would want Tyler Buckner. Yeah, I, mean, I feel not, like 
But once he's again, better than he's if, better than Stetson. If you put enough around Tyler Buckner, why would you feel like you couldn't win? I said the same thing. Because I think I think Tyler Buckner's better than Drew Pine. And I don't think that I think that's more my opinion than what they actually feel like at school. If they really think it's a quarterback competition, maybe I'm confused. Yeah. Because this guy was a third string guy, meaning that the freshman came in was over him. So I don't know. Yo, man. I mean, things are different now. There are a bunch of five star quarterbacks back in the day, like Peyton Manning. Like they, they just didn't win national championships. Now the landscape has changed a lot. Yeah, so you're not getting drafted if you don't win a championship. So, <laughs> like, literally, like, you're not getting drafted if you're not winning a national championship. Peyton Manning wasn't close to no championship at, at Tennessee, was he? It's, you know what's tough? You know what messed everything up? What? The year Nick Saban said, I'm going to start going after five-star quarterbacks. Because Nick oh, was that's... cool. Nick was cool with the AJ McCarrens, and he so was that's, cool. that's only recent. Then that's that like recent. three years ago. Yeah, or, that's yeah, when like, the game. That's when the game got real. So during the time with the Tim Tebow and Alabama battles and stuff, it was pretty much what we all kind of see football as. But yeah, I mean, when I'm telling you, the moment it happened, it changed specifically. Is when Tua threw it to Devontae Smith. And that's when the price of five-star quarterbacks went up. The price went up. And that's the when everyone was like, I'm going young. The brick went up. And I'm going young. It was like, oh, we're all going young. Man. You're not about to just toss this two freshmen out there. Right, right, In a right. national championship, even pull it off. Yeah, young guy after young guy popping up. Ohio State went younger. Dwayne's first year, Justin Fields' first year. So it's like. So that's what you want on your roster, right? You want you want a guy like Drew Pine, and I'm which is pretty much Mac Jones. You, no, no, no. Uh, not I'm not talking about talent. I'm just talking okay. about a veteran guy that's going to stick around, right? And if he mm-hmm. gets the opportunity in a bridge year in between five stars of big time quarterbacks, that's his opportunity. But you have enough talent around him. To where you can keep everything moving. And it then, you know, and it then here comes Bryce Young right behind him. Yep. You know, so quarterback room should look like that. You should always have young a yacht a, a young hot gun coming in, and then you and have then a guy that's been there. battle tested, got some time here and there, can yeah. show him the ropes, get yeah. him on speed early, and not I'm not going to say be a threat, but be motivating, you know, be a, a collective unit. I think most teams like Alabama shown a perfect example. All three of the quarterbacks had to have some type of good relationship to yeah. make that work. Yeah. They had to. They coach must have been like, look, all y'all going to the league. So just, just be cool, man. Get better together. <laughs> Dude. Uncle Bob, I see what you're saying in the chat. I don't want to bring up all your comments. Donnie Cruz, I see what you're saying about Keaton Slovis. Look, we're not about to revisit that Slovis thing, man. Look, 
He's gonna look bad behind Kenny Pickett at Pitt. Yeah, because they're losing a lot. So that's but I will say this. Uncle Bob is talking about um let me go up to his first one. He thinks Drew Pine is gonna win the quarterback competition. Look, man, if you have a guy like Lorenzo Styles that can take the top off the defense and your quarterback is Drew Pine, you're wasting his speed. Yeah. I don't know how many times we saw Braden Lindsey and receivers three yards past defensive backs and they had to slow down because Jack Cone literally couldn't get the ball out there. Like when you have saw speed, the first game with, with Kevin Austin. Man. And Jack Cone, Kevin Austin was giving chance. We like, oh, okay, we know he can't get it down the field, but he gonna not throw it out of bounds and give his guys a chance. That's his yeah. arm strength. Yeah. So that was a Florida State game. That was the first impression of Jack Cone we've had. So we always knew he couldn't throw it super deep. But if he's out there over two guys that are supposedly better throwers, I don't know where the where the change would be. Now, this is the thing, because somebody brought up Tim Tebow. Let me ask you a question. It might be unpopular. Did Tim Tebow develop as a quarterback at Florida? No, no. He was just surrounded by some very innovative and good players. Let's just be, let's keep it a buck. He, didn't, he wasn't asked to develop, though. He wasn't asked to develop. His, his ran, year one looked like year four. He ran a system, and this is all great systems. Whether you, you go to basketball, you talk about the, the triangle offense uh you talk about the west coast offense with bill walsh you understand the talent that was on bill walsh's offense yeah Jerry it, made the, it made the west coast offense look real good to understand the talent of scotty pippen and michael jordan running the triangle kobe Bryant and shaq i haven't seen anybody else successfully run the triangle so you can do well you do. can't play basketball like that no more because guys are way too selfish yeah Oh, <laughs> but my point is, Urban Meyer has a system, but Urban Meyer puts uber talented players in certain spots in his system, and the system just goes. He doesn't need a great quarterback. That's and why he was rocking with JT Barrett. Not that JT's not great. I think JT is great, but when you got Mike Thomas and Zeke, yeah. I mean, close your eyes and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Zeke literally beat Alabama by himself. We haven't seen a running back do that since. Man. Dude. Once again, Alex B. He says Steve Kerr runs a formation of the triangle. With yeah, Clay and Steph. With the greatest, the greatest two shooters of all time. Right. Come on, man. Right. So... Dude, like, See, like, like the team, team even though, though oh. he was a great leader, like that's what you need. JT Bear, great Wait leader. Wait a minute. Was he a great leader? Who, Tim Tebow? I'll give him that. I'll give him that, bro. You know I'll how all the problems that. on the Florida football team, a great it leader is. would let all those problems happen on the football bro, team. Look, like that. Stop, man. Do you think they should that. have 30 for 30? Dude. Aaron Hernandez is on that team. You talking about Tim Tebow was a great leader? Problems follow Urban Meyer everywhere he goes. I'm not that's putting true. that on Tim Tebow. That's true. Oh, okay. That's that's the Urban Meyer culture. 
Wait, but Tim Tebow was missed. He was missed to take a knee, Jesus. Remember? Man, look. And the whole time he had people like, look, what does that mean? <laughs> See, that's overblown by the media. The media could have done the same thing with Cam when he was at Notre Dame. Cam McDaniel was just as, as religious and, and we didn't have the problems on Notre Dame. Like, so no, my did. point is the media could have covered Cam McDaniel the same way they covered Tim Tebow. He was they, no, no, no. I'm just saying him. they, I'm just saying they boosted Tim Tebow's religious leadership, but I'm just saying the team around him wasn't on the same stuff, yeah. So I'm just saying, like, is how is your leadership affecting your team around you when they doing wild shit? <laughs> well, look, um, I'll say on the field. Okay, fair. I see. That. On the field, his leadership showed up. That off the field stuff, like, come on, man. That you, dude, just think about it. Like, let's be real. The backup quarterback was Cam Newton, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me about system, none of that. The backup quarterback at Florida at that time was Cam, was Cam Newton. And, and he left. Man, we, we got to keep it funky. Hey, you know what time it is. As always, we, we spend it different. We get great guests each and every week. And today, we have another one. And this is a backfield week. At Notre Dame. Yesterday we had on Cam McDaniel, and today we welcome to the show former Notre Dame running back, NFL running back, CJ Procise to the Lucky Lefty podcast. CJ, what's up, my dude? What's going on, fellas? What's going on? My man, guy, man. see the hair looking good, man. I'm trying to get it like you, man. Finally, finally getting there, man. <laughs> it took a while. It took a while. I was there from the beginning. <laughs> What's so, CJ, today's show, we've been talking about what a national championship team at Notre Dame is going to look like when they finally hoist the trophy. Yeah. Like, what is what is the makeup going to look like? And we have – it's three teams that we pull all the time that we talk about. Mm -hmm. The 2012 team. Yep. Right? The, the, the 2015-16 team. Right, you know, when well, you guys had Malik early on, and then Deshaun came in, and then a 2018 team right, that right. made it to the college football playoffs. Like those are the three teams we look at and we say, "Yo, okay, what was missing from each one of those teams that could have put them over the hump that might give us a clue to what a national championship team at Notre Dame would look like?" Now, yeah. I think most people you talk to would ultimately agree that the most talented team would, was the team you all had. For sure. Like everybody we talked to from that team, everybody yeah. that, from that team that we yeah. talked to said, yo, we had a ridiculous amount of talent yeah. on that team. So what do you think was the missing piece from that team that ultimately would have gotten you guys over the top? Uh, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, we, we can talk about injuries and stuff and, uh, you know, that that obviously played a huge part. Huge. Um, but I think I, mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's like, and I, I don't want to – I never put the want to put the blame on nobody, but it's like defense, <laughs> defense wins championships, you feel me? Right. And at the end of the day, that's, that, that's, that's really what it comes down to. You know, you got to be able to get the, the big stops. 
Um, especially, you know, deep uh, plays down the field. That's that's really where it's you know it changes the game at. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I never, I'm, I never think it was the players. You know, I never think it was any any type of deficiency on the players. You know, we had didn't have the players. We always had the players. We always get the skills. But you know, maybe sometimes the scheme wasn't where it needed to be, or you know, maybe we weren't in the right. You know, we, we weren't making the right calls at the right time. Um, and you know, I think that that kind of came down to it as, as well. But you know, I think at the end of the day, defense wins championships. You know, they're going the defense got to be able to stop them. You know, they they can't be up can't be able to put up thirty points a game. And then we don't know offense. We, we can do enough. We can put up, you know, 35, 40 points. But, you know, the defense can't get those critical stops. It's always just going to be tough. Now, you was in Seattle. So you got to see the essence of what a, a defensive yeah. focused team kind of is. I know they mm -hmm. got rust, but you guys take pride in the defense up there. So what was it that you saw there that kind of changed your perspective on what we were missing maybe defensively? Uh, You know, I feel like our defense never – you know, the 2012 team, the defense had an identity. Like it was like, you know, TBD. You know, uh, you know, BIA. They had they, they had they sayings. They had everything. They had and they had players. You know, they they but they but they had the energy and they had the culture. Um, I feel like our defense, we had the players, but we never had the the culture of a defense that was like they had. You know, when I went to Seattle, it was like LOB. You know, they, they they knew they knew Legion of Boom. They like it was, you know, they, they try to live up to that. You know, they, they knew what they're coming with, and that's that's on an everyday basis. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't about just you know, like going out there hitting people. Like it was, it was you know, LLB means love our brother. Like also means like every day. Oh, okay, yeah. It means like every day you bring in that energy, and it's not just on game day. It's every day. So, uh, I think that that culture and that and like that we didn't have that in Notre Dame. We, it was more just, you know. Do your job. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was it was hype, but it wasn't like you know. It was just basically do your job, like. Yeah. But yeah, with a defense, it's always about like a culture and like that 2012 team really had that defensive culture with like I know uh, Diaco really instilled it. Um, at the time, you know, it was always you know BIA, which means like you know best in America. So it's like you know it, you don't ever stop. There's no loafing. Um, you know, TBD, but ball deflection. So it was, it was the defense always hype when some like they made plays, and that wasn't always. Oh, the it was team. always hype. You know when uh, you know with that twenty fifteen team. So that identity you're talking about, assistant coaches. When you're talking about that identity that brought Bob Diaco brought, with Marcus Freeman now taking over the program, it seems like that he's taking the forefront or the responsibility of establishing mm -hmm. the identity. Yeah, saying the identity of this entire team is going to flow from me. Do you get that? Do you sense that? And when you're trying to build a culture, do you feel like ultimately that's going to be one of the things that leads Notre Dame to getting over that hump? Oh yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, you know, I think he, he's I think he's going to bring in players that Kelly might not have been able to bring in as, as well. Uh, just as far as you know, I mean, just well, like just relating a little bit better. You know, uh, sometimes you know, Coach Kelly can kind of. I mean, we all know he, he could. Yeah, we all know he could be. You know, he, he seemed like a, pol a a politician instead of a coach sometimes. So, mm -hmm. uh, I think you know, one the as far as like recruiting wise, I think God's gonna be able to relate to Freeman a little bit more. Uh, I haven't I haven't personally met him, so I can't really speak too much on like you know how he is as a you know as a guy. But I mean, from what I've seen, the guys love him. Um, the locker room loves him, and that's and that's that's really what matters. Um, you know, because when the guys want to play play for you, that's really what makes it count.
Now, being in the league, you talk about, you know, love your brother, you playing for your guys. How much of wanting to play for the coaching staff affected how the team's success was, in your opinion? Do you think that if we really loved playing for Coach Kelly, like that was our guy, do you think we would have maybe get over the hump on some of them games where maybe the coaching didn't matter as much? We we kind of just was like, we doing it for him? Uh, I mean, I think – yeah, I think with, with as far as us, you know, in our the landscape, you know, what it like what the landscape was when we was in college, you know, I don't think the the coach really was as much as of a a factor as he is now. You know, I think you know guys now. You mean see you see guys transferring just for a coach, you know, and that wasn't really the case when we was in college. Now it was like, I mean, everybody always told me in high school they was like, hey, don't pick no school for your coach, pick it for, you know, the school you want to go to that school. So, you yeah. know, I think, you know, we, we, I think, I feel like the guys that chose Notre Dame, like, wanted to be there. And we played, you know, we played for that, 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 that ND symbol. So, uh, you know, I don't, um, you know, I can't, you know, I can't say, you know, if it was Coach Kelly, not that, you know, we didn't get over those big humps or we didn't want, you know, guys didn't put in that extra effort. But um, I think, you know, as far as lands, the landscape of college football now, it's like, you know, it's you definitely got to be a player's coach. You definitely got to be a player's coach now because, you know, guys, you you paying guys now to come and play for you at this point. You know, you got to get ahead. We friends. We ain't even on the same relationship. Yeah, you know, it's like it's not even. It's a professional relationship now, so it's like <laughs> it's, it's 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 all different. Can you imagine, like going back to when you were being recruited out of Virginia? Can you imagine having the opportunity to have control of your name, image, and likeness? And being able to present yourself, even if social media was at the point that it is today, to present yourself as a recruit, as a junior, as a senior, and set up that type of opportunity as far as NIL going into college. I mean, it's 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 really crazy to think about, you know, <laughs> how far we've come. I mean, it's and it's wild because it's like, you know, we I mean, it feels like I was just in college and now, you know, they getting and it's a now it's a whole new ball game. Like it's not even it's nothing that like literally I'm like the ancient ages of, of college football almost at this point, you know, it's like, and I was just there five, six years ago. Yeah. So, it's, you know, time, you know, times have really changed. Um, and I mean, I know if, if I was in high school and I would have loved it, maybe been able to take, take advantage of all these opportunities. I mean, I, we even see middle, middle schoolers trying to take advantage of this opportunity. And it's like, I mean, why wouldn't you? Because, you mean, especially as a parent, you know, you're going to like, you're, you see that money, and you can, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna find a way to try to get that money for, from your kid getting, you know, from nil deals. I mean, it's being just good at football, you know, you're yeah, being good at football. I mean, anything, any sport, you know, it's like, I mean, it's just it's crazy to really think about. I mean, especially like basketball too. Like these kids, you know, they're growing up. These, you know, they get ranked high. These, like, I mean, in sixth grade, high, if you ain't ranked, ranked number like, one in sixth grade, you're not going grade, to the league. Uh, you know, basically high school, you can almost be making. A couple hundred thousand a year. I mean, you know, like, and that's that's just that's just how better than regular people with everyday jobs. Like everyday job, man. It's, and it's crazy to think about. Like, that's really like where we've come in. I mean, le less than really two years almost like Lucky Lucky Podcast with CJ Procise right yeah. here. Sean Davis at SD2 Mike's the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire at overtime, Malik. So we talk about this, and, and I want to go back to that 2014 season, right? So it was a tough season. Injuries, you guys mm -hmm. were really talented and young and deep. I want to go to the end of the season. 
that USC game. Oh, the USC game going to the LSU game in the Music City Bowl. Yeah. Into the next season and the other offseason. Like what what clicked? Because I talk to Malik all the time and he tells me, like, yo, we knew we were good in 14. Mm-hmm. Just certain things happened. And once we went to that offseason, it was like, yo, we knew. Yeah. We had a squad coming back. And we talked to Cam McDaniel yesterday who left after the 14th season. And Cam was like, yeah, when I left, I knew they were going to have a squad the next year. Yeah. So what was it that clicked, like, from that awful performance against USC, going to the big win against LSU, and then going into the offseason? What clicked for you all that made you all ultimately the great team that went into that next season? Uh, I really think it was just that confidence. Like, we – we just really, I think, I mean, we, 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 I mean, it was that year. I mean, it, everybody's going to their kind of their senior years, junior years. Uh, you know, guys like Will, uh, Smooth, they was, they were going into their junior years. So they was, was really, like prime. they prime years. Um, you know, Ronnie, uh, I mean, Nick, all the guys we had, like that. I guess, I mean, McGlinchey, if you can just go, go and say, say so many guys, but it's like, I think we really had that confidence. Like we, like the year before, you know, we were still working things out. Like we had injuries that kind of, I know that the, the, uh, Joe losing Joe during the Navy game was huge, and they kind of just like kind of going, going from there. And then, uh, and after Florida State, you know, that was that that hurt too. But uh, but like, I'm just I I think just the confidence, and we came back in that offseason, it was just different. Like we, and I know I know offensively, it was different. Like we had. This we had this mindset like yo, there's nobody that can stop us. Like we have every single, we got every weapon on the field. We got running backs, we got receivers, we got quarterbacks. I mean, our O line is the best in the country. Literally, probably one of the, the best, best in the country ever come out of college. In my O line, so you know, we, we it was it was crazy. So we 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 had that confidence, and we had we we knew we had something the next year. Um, we just knew we just had to had to just keep. Had to just you know hold on to it. Then they stay um, healthy. It felt yeah, like. stay healthy. You know that was the, I mean that was the main thing. But we we knew we had some for sure. Like that first game, you guys lose to- Torian. Yeah, the ACL first drive, like first. first yeah, first like, damn yeah. carry. Yeah, like when he goes down, are you guys thinking like, oh, here we go again with the injuries? It was so early. I didn't even yeah, know he was hurt. You know you that know, he had walked off and. And then CJ came in. <laughs> like, I mean, that early on, we didn't really like, you know, peep it at that, like, how, like, what was, like, you know, what was meant to, I guess, meant to be that season. But, I mean, you know, from that game, man, it was like, you know, we felt that we, we felt the energy after that game. And then kind of from there, it was just like, boom, every week it was like, road bump. It was like, speed somebody else get hit, somebody else get down, go down. But we were still winning. It was like, bro, we still just good. And we, we losing uh we losing starters every week. I mean, you know, not just for like a week or two, we losing them for the whole season. I mean, it's crazy. I mean rarely yeah, I don't I do rarely just see all like a new injury every week, just end of the season injury. It's crazy. And that speaks a lot to as well as like we talked about Marcus Freeman bringing in athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, the game is just changing the guys that can do everything. And I've always wanted to ask you because you came in as a safety. Yeah. What was what was the thing that you would tell these guys that are coming in that don't really have a position? What did you do to keep yourself focused? Because I mean, you started at safety, ended at running back, and then got drafted at running back. Yeah. So what was that like going through the changes? 
how did you find your way? You know what I mean? Like, what was it that the coaches said? Because right now, Marcus Freeman is drafting a team full of CJ. Yeah. Like, we got, I mean, we got guys that can do it all. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's what you want, man. You want guys who, who are versatile. And I think uh, for guys who coming in, you just want to – I would say just be a sponge. Like, just learn as much as you can. Both sides of the ball means, shoot, I was – I was trying to pick up as much as I can on the defense, even when I was knowing I was going over the offense. So it's just like be a sponge and learn a game of football. Um, learn as much as you can about the game of football. And that's just going to make you a better player. And then once you go out there, just be a dog. You know, like at the end of the day, like you, you might only have this much of an opportunity, you know. And Notre Dame, it's like it's almost – I mean, and now that you're getting paid, now that people are getting paid, it's really going to be this much of an opportunity. So it's gonna be like either you got you got this you got to turn to do it. It might be on special teams. It might be on offense, defense. But you got that you know you got your opportunity to make a play. Go make a play, and just, and just keep making. And then from there, you know, just keep getting better. Hit the weight room, stay in stay in, stay in shape, and you know that, that's it, man. Just listen, you know, listen to the coaches. Uh, you know, take coaching and, and just you know be be dependable. You know, be, be able to. Uh, you know, just just be out there, man. Just just play football, and that's what I, I think. That's the, the best thing to do is learn learn the game of football as best you can. So, the perfect storm for me of everything that could happen to keep Notre Dame from winning a national championship was that season. Mm-hmm. It was like if everything went right and everybody was healthy, and you don't go to Clemson and play in a monsoon. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know, like. Malik, I tell Malik all the time, I say, yo, every now and then I ask him, when you see Deshaun Watson in the streets, what are you going to tell him? Like, are you flat out going to tell him, you know, I would have got you? We would have got him. We definitely would have yeah, got him. Might have get hurt. Man, I, and that team just shows that we could have changed the history of college football winning yeah. that game in Clemson. Just because mm-hmm. of the directions that the we direction both went, there. yeah. I mean, that yeah. was a pivotal moment in college football for real. Because they lose that game, they not playing Alabama, and you don't right. hear the Deshaun Michael Jordan story from Dabo. Exactly. You know, they yeah. talk about Notre Dame and play. You know what I mean? Because we were winning that. We win Clemson. We're definitely winning Stanford. Yeah, we're definitely in the playoffs. It's just one game. I know it sounds crazy to think one You're game right. really made the difference, but it's true. Yeah, it's, it's really true. Like now that game. Definitely changed the course to that whole season um, because, you know, I think like, I mean, like you guys said, like, I don't know, you know, we can't predict what had happened and what got to the, 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 you know, the playoff. But I know if we, if we played against Bama that year, and we, we, we it's, was a game. it's a game. And it's that's, a game. And that's the only thing I can promise you, you know, I can't say, we, you know, what was going to happen in the fourth quarter and know how yeah. it was going to come down. But I know if we played Bama that year, we, 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 it's a game. It ain't just like, it wasn't what it was going to be in the past. And I think that was, I think for us, that was, that would have been the biggest, but just for Notre Dame in general, like, cause we keep going to the playoffs and just getting smacked. Like, smacked. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing the shit. So it's like, yo, I know that if we would have got to that playoffs. It wouldn't, it would have been a game. It wouldn't have been, you know, it would have, it would have came down to the last. It would have been Georgia, Alabama, like we saw this year. Yeah. It would have been, it came down to the last drive, you know, last couple minutes. Like, so. And that's crazy because, like, to keep the dominoes falling, that might have impacted the 2018 team. Yeah. Because now they have a totally different vibe. Now they are the not coming off. Right. Mine says different. Yeah. Mine yeah, different. Yeah, so now you have a culture there yeah. of, yo, when we get to this thing, we're going to bang out and we can right. play with Bama. 
because hey, that's amazing. Now we got this, this monkey on our back just sitting there. Like, right. Every time we go through the playoffs, it's like, oh, it's a, that's an easy win almost for anybody playing. It's like, you know, and that's, it's, it's not like that, man. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah, it's not like that. Get out of this. You got to get out of that, man. You got to get out of it. So would you like to play in the era that you played in, or do you watch the era now and you see how players are used differently, like a Debo Samuel? With a mm. Shanahan in San Francisco, the skill set that you had, would you like to be? He in is the Debo. More? He just got a different name. He sees. Yeah, bro. Listen, listen, like I, I, I always seen myself as like you know that Debo Samuel type. Honestly, like you yeah. know, kind of Percy <laughs> Harvin. Uh, you know, a guy. You know, you know. I mean, that's what I was good at in college. I mean, jet sweeps. You know, all running, of it. Just running giving the rock and just you know making plays. Um. I mean, you know, obviously I got to the league and then running back is where I got drafted that night. You know, that was what Seattle played me as. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, sometimes the scheme didn't really fit to me, like with the player, the player I was. So, uh, I mean, you know, it always, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's just luck of the draw. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, for, I mean, I guess when you, when you look at football, man, it's like so many things have to align, you know, for, for yeah. to be right. And then uh, on top of that, you got to stay healthy. So, you know, you can't even predict that. So, you know, I, I wasn't healthy. Uh, you know, I never had a, a a long stint of games where I could just, you know, I, I could really prove myself. And so, uh, so you know, things never in Seattle, things never really got to work out because you know, that, uh, just be, just because of injuries and then of the scheme not exactly fitting how I was how to best utilize me as a player. You know, my favorite look. Most people will say, man, my their favorite CJ ProSize highlight is the LSU touchdown in the ball. Oh, that was game. sweet. Yeah, that was sweet. sweet. That was sweet. <laughs> I got some other, you know, some other runs. Let me tell you what my favorite. This is the one I hit the rewind button on DVR the most. The 91 yarder against Georgia Tech. Let yeah. me tell you why. I don't know who that linebacker was in the hole, but you hit him with the bing bing. <laughs> and I had just, I just, I was like, yo, CJ just hit this dude with this bing bing in the hole. And I swear the safety in the cornerback swore they had the angle. Yeah. And then it was all of a sudden, it was like, nah, fam, this is right. Like, y'all, y'all might as well give up. Like at the 50, like, y'all can just yeah. give up. It was right. Hell it was yeah. Like, like before that, I actually got, I had got lifted. <laughs> yes, that's when they they, they picture up on the sideline that thing. Yeah, lifted me, and I'm like, man, I can't go out like that. I can't go out like that. Hey, bro, let me get the ball again, bro. <laughs> I can't go out like that. <laughs> I remember that because I was like, damn, CJ, lower your shoulder. Yeah, like, bro, I remember Coach Benson like, bro, you got lower your pads. <laughs> you got lower your pads. Because the linebacker was like this short, stocky dude. He was like, he was out there, he was out there, short. <laughs> he got up under me too, like, and he lifted me. I was like, "Oh, like I couldn't even, I couldn't even, like, I was off the ground." I was like, oh, "Oh man," I said, "Yeah, bro." I was like, "I got to get you back from that one." Yeah, so I caught him in the whole cube at the lead block, and that was all she wrote from there. Oh, she yeah, wrote. you definitely got him back on the next play. Lucky left yeah. the podcast. We're talking to CJ Procise. CJ, you know, I might as well go ahead and throw this out there now, man, because I don't know. You know, we've had a couple of your teammates on and. Y'all talk a lot of trash, bro. 
when they talk. <laughs> y'all, y'all, crew, y'all talk a lot of ish, bro. Yeah, like I, I would love to be around you guys. <laughs> like in an Audi, I can already tell. Like boys, the trash talking is never is never ended. It's nonstop. Never. Yeah, and based upon what Malik keeps telling me, we gotta have Ev on the show. We gotta have Ev on the show. We gotta get Ev, Shoe, Shoe, everybody. Yeah, (laughs) so gotta get Ev. This is the question, though. Yeah, because Malik talks a lot of trash. I'm just gonna preface (laughs) a lot of trash offline. This must be 2K. (laughs) No, it's not even 2K. Malik swears he's the dopest hooper to ever walk through the door. At oh, oh, man. oh man, Malik nice, bro. Malik nice. Ev, Ev, I, Ev nice too. Ev is nice. I think Ev I'm the best. Nice. Obviously, I'm think I'm the best. You think I'm the best I'm overall hooper? I'm the, okay. you know, I'm a. I, I ain't. I can't. I, some days I can shoot, but some days I can't. But other days I'm gonna I'm I'm get rebounds, assists, play real good defense, real team player. I'm a real good team player. You know, they, they pick me. I'm always getting picked first because I'm a good team player. Oh, okay. Now you always get picked first. Ev think he like Ev think he um think he Russ. Russ. I told you. I told you. I think he Russ. All right. Ev definitely think he Russ. That's what Malik says that all the time. He swears he's Russell Westbrook. Ev think he Russ. And it's the obvious. I've never right? seen not in person, but Ev really played like Russell Westbrook in person. <laughs> like, you like, know, he's like, ball hog, okay. That's him. That shit's <laughs> funny because it's so true. It's so true. That's the first person I can think about. Ev definitely played like Russ. <laughs> he shoot, he kind of shoot like him too. He got it. Because he shoot hard. He shoots super hard like Russ. That's the funny shit. Don't forget. Tori, Tori was talking that trash too. Tori, no, Tori, Tori solid too. Nice. Like Tori, Tori, like me, like he a good team player. Like he gonna he gonna make shots. He gonna make the open shots. Play real good defense. Like yeah. Tori, a good player. Jerron, Jerron, pretty good. Jerron just gonna pull that. He gonna pull from half Jerron court sometimes. You don't have to expect that. He's about six seven. Want to play guard? <laughs> Get um, your ass on the block, Jerron. <laughs> No, nah, but drunk, he got he got better now. I'll be playing with him still. He got better. Now. Okay, nice. <laughs> Don't be just pulling from that court no more. Who else? Is, yo, who else needs me out there? Yo, VA boy, Doug, Doug, dumb, nice at basketball. Doug Cole. Doug is Jerron like, said Doug. That's who Jerron yeah, said was. Hey, Doug. I remember Doug dunked on who he he dunked on you and uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't tell me this. You didn't tell me this story, man. Hey, he dunked on no, no, because no, it's always mistold. It's always mistold. Who was it? You and Amir? Doug, it was me and Amir, <laughs> and Doug was going up. Now Doug's strong as hell. <laughs> Doug DN. He had straight DN like. And he and he came up. And I was like, I saw it, and I tried to get out. I got out the way. But Amir was under him, though. That's what people don't want to say. Amir was under him. I got out the way. But he definitely dunked on both of us, though. That's Man, like, he dunked. I heard he he said he, he cocked back, banged LeBron on both of them. Like, <laughs> gave him the head top everything. <laughs> yeah, Doug's legit. I ain't going to lie. Him and Shimbo were like that, just strong yeah, hoopers. Strong, like. like- like, you ain't – if he coming to the hole, you're like, all right, bro, you got it. Like, just yeah. let, him, you must let him go. We're definitely whooping the basketball team 2015-16 team. If we had to put a team together, oh, we whooping. We whooping our basketball team. I mean, they got um, – they, they, um, they was they, nice. They had They had some hoopers. They had some hoopers. They had some hoopers. Yeah, some hoopers. Zach, 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 uh, Jared, Zach August. Zach, oh, no. <laughs> 
they might they might have got us, but hey, we would have we'd have put up a good fight. <laughs> so now I have to be honest because I blame your squad for the current state of Notre Dame basketball. And I'll <laughs> tell you why. There is no way you guys should have let Jaden Ivy get away from that foot, that basketball program and end up at Purdue. Like he was hooping with you guys the majority of the time. Malik who, hooped with him. Was it Jalen Ivy? Jaden Ivy, Coach Ivy's son. Oh yeah. Who's going crazy at Purdue? Yeah. Notre Dame didn't even recruit. Wow. And his mom, the head coach of the women's team. Dang, that's crazy. It's your fault, Malik. You used to hoop with him. I blame you. You didn't recruit him. I thought that was a slam dunk pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is the easiest recruitment ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they blew the fast break layup on that one. Man. Huge one, bro. So, what's the biggest? What's the one recruit you remember that came in that you guys hosted that ultimately ended up choosing another school that you like watched and was like, man, I remember when he came and we hosted that dude. Now, I wouldn't say it chose another school, but I would say that like, I think he, cause I, he, I'm pretty sure he came to Notre Dame and he left and went somewhere else. But now he balling. Jalen Guyton. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Guyton came to Notre Dame and like you wouldn't even recognize him, and it, it, it shocked everybody. Shocked everybody. I turned <laughs> on the TV. I'm like Guyton, that couldn't yeah, be. That yeah, couldn't be. It can't be. And I see he on he literally on the Chargers balling. I'm like, you right. know, <laughs> out of nowhere, like that. That really shocked me because because he he really went from like, man, he was know, down bad. Let's just put it out there. He was down bad at Notre Dame. Right. And he was he was like there for a cup of coffee. You know how they say you was the other team for a cup of coffee? Yeah. He was literally there for a cup of coffee. And, and when he was at practicing, it was like you didn't really see nothing. You was like, yeah. okay, he just, you know. Right. But now he's catching big third downs against yeah. Justin Herbert. He's catching game to us. I couldn't believe it. You know, he definitely figured it out. I mean, it's, you, like, you love to see stuff like that because it's like, you know, maybe, I mean, always like, you know, Everybody coming to Notre Dame ain't gonna just it's not gonna fit, they're not gonna fit the culture. But yeah. for the people to leave that they leave and they can go and figure out what they, you know, figure their stuff out, man. That's that's awesome to see. Like, especially that, because you know, he he was definitely down bad. Um, and you know, you guys leave Notre Dame and they kind of fall through the cracks, and it's like, man, you just you feel so bad. But then you see him, you see you also see the other side of it where it's like him, he literally was down bad and he figured it all out. Like, oh yeah. So good for him, man. Yeah, man. For sure. So, before we let you go, we always do something called this or that. Mm-hmm. All right? <laughs> and we're going to, for yours, of course, this has to be DMV style, right? Yeah. You're from the Virginia area, so we got to ask you these questions. First of all, we ask everybody this. It's just a question general for the podcast. Chocolate chip or oatmeal raisin cookie? Chocolate chip. Already. That's my running back right there. Even though we ain't messing no raisins. <laughs> go yeah. go, go go or hip hop. Hip hop. <laughs> All right. In the state of Virginia, Iverson or Vic? Man, that's 
Come on out. Come on out. That's that's two. That's literally my two idols. Like right there, you can like dang. But I mean, growing up, growing up for me is Vic. Uh, I mean, obviously, like Iverson is like the the Virginia. I mean, when you think of Virginia, you think of Iverson. So, um, but Vic, growing up for me, that was that was that was it. That was it. Vic. So. Let me extend a little further on that because most people know Ivo for basketball. Was he that legendary on the football field, man? Right. <laughs> no, no, this is why I'm asking. This is why I'm asking because I'm from Chicago, right? Yeah. So people really can't understand how legendary Derrick Rose is here. Like people mm-hmm. outside of Chicago might think, like, oh, okay, he's big. But like, no, no, you have no clue. What yeah, what like he really was, yeah. In Chicago. So, like, being from Virginia, like, how was he on the football, like, watching him on the football field? Like, did you really feel like, yo, this dude is bananas? Yeah, so I ain't never – I ain't never get to see him on the field. Like, I seen, you know, tape of him and stuff. But my uh, my trainer is, like, the 7 – so the 757, you know, Virginia Beach area, that's where you getting elite athletes. I mean, uh, I'm not from there, but – you get, you mean you get an elite athletes every year from that area, and Iverson was the elite of the elite. Um, <laughs> you know, the elite. you know, like so the football team, you know, football down there is, you know, is is damn. It might mean it's, it's like talented as Texas type types, you know, down that that area. So Texas, you know, the big states and stuff. So like Iverson was down there dominating, like playing quarterback. I think he was a quarterback, punt returner, kick returner. He's doing everything. He had like twenty touchdowns. Uh, and from what from what I hear, he was he was the, like he was. I mean, he was beyond the truth. I mean, he could have easily went anywhere. Um, but they say you know when they say when, but when they talk about Vic, it was a whole, it's a whole nother game as far as football. Like he was, my man was different. different. All right, yeah. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Va yeah. malice or push your teeth. Push it. Push it. All right. Timberland or Pharrell? Pharrell. All right. Okay. Favorite spot to eat after a game in South Bend. <laughs> there you go. Everybody, everybody know this one. <laughs> JJ's. Everybody know JJ's. That's that 10-piece. That 10-piece. Are you getting the 10 Like, look, what's your order? Because I already know what Malik's order was. I get the uh I was I get the the the, the fish and the wings with the extra with the extra uh, crack sauce on there. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 the way to go, man, because that's nothing better than a meal like that right after yeah, that's it right there. That's all you need. All right. Certified lover boy or donda. I got uh, CLB, man. Yeah, you know, CJ, you know, he got his family, man. You, you <laughs> love him right now, man. Yeah. Y'all cats, boy, I tell you, this 2015 squad, y'all, y'all Drake lovers, boy. Y'all love that cat Drake, boy. Yeah. Y'all love that cat Drake. <laughs> so just repping the DMV area, area, man, and you talking about the talent that's there, Notre Dame is actually going after, like, three defensive tackles. Oh, and yeah, bands in that area this year. Oh, yeah. And I think all three of them are like top 50 mm-hmm. in the 2023 class, yeah, which is like crazy. 
But just Notre Dame getting back into that area, especially going after that position. You know, when you were being recruited, how big was Notre Dame? And do you think still think the brand resonates the same way along the coast? Um, I think when I was when I was getting recruited, it was like Notre Dame was like a myth almost. Like it was like nobody's going to Notre Dame from Virginia. Um, <laughs> like you ain't never hear about nobody going from Notre Dame from my area. Um, I definitely wanted to say I I kind of created a pipeline. Uh, it, I mean, it was I think I mean from my memory, there's only a couple of guys before me that was even you know, came out Virginia area to Notre Dame. None of them are really from where I was from, like the area I was even from. Um, so you know, I I want to say I definitely kind of created a pipeline for guys. You know, just just you know see Notre Dame and you know really. You know, put they put their minds on it. Um, like even you know, I, I think you know, I love that Chris Tyree's up there. That's my boy from uh, he lived like thirty minutes from me. So it's like, oh really? Yeah, he lives. So like you 30. are direct. So you're the reason. You gotta say you're the reason. Yeah, you know, I, I want to say so. You know, but you know, <laughs> I want to say so, but not. Nah, it's I'm just I'm just proud that not like you know guys are taking you know taking just getting the, the just taking the opportunity to, to go and better themselves. Um, educationally uh net, your network you know introduce to your, yourself to a whole new network that you're not gonna you might you probably I mean you, you might get somewhere else but it's not gonna be as bad it's like you know you know in in and you know just as many people as you can get with Notre Dame network so uh I'm just proud that you know Notre Dame is in my area you know looking at looking at looking at these guys and uh giving them a shot that you know they probably wouldn't you know might not have had before because a lot of, you know, a lot of times when people, people from, we, we all see it, you know, guys don't, they have the talent, but they don't have the, the mental or they just say missing something. And, uh, you know, getting to Notre Dame and kind of getting that structure as far as like, uh, just, you know, it's, it's not going to, life not going to be easy. They, like, it's, they're going to, Notre Dame's going to make it tough on you. And that's, I think that's something that really helped everybody who's, you know, graduated from there. Um, that, you know, it's, it's really something special to be a part of. I think, man, Chris Tyree should probably be used more like you were used. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, uh, man, just I'm line him up. And, yeah, because he's too, he's too, he's too fast. Like, I mean, you can't teach speed. Like, at the end of the day, you can't teach speed, and yeah. you want to get speed on the edges. Like, you get speed on the edges, get an open field, and let him run. And you know, that's 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 how I feel. You know, you know, you just got you got to let guys go out there and play, um, and you know, and make plays. And he definitely gonna he definitely can make plays, big plays. And humor, you humor, humor me for a second. Go ahead, bro. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, you know about big plays. Now you played with Tommy as well. Now, hmm. in terms of getting to that, Tommy seen what we was going through with the struggles of offense. You yeah. played with him, and now he's coaching there. Do you think that he's gonna be able to do the things that we always talked about we needed to do to get over that hump, or do you think there's just something in place that keeps everybody doing the same thing? It feel like. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't know what it is about like college football, but it's like it's almost like they create this this they they, they every, like they have their one structure and they like all right this is it and we gonna we try to fit guys in this structure instead of like tailor it tailoring it to the guys that you have. Um, I mean, I think even if we like you know I, I'm like I, I just look back and when we was in college we had you know we had three four five big play receivers at the time and we had them all in one position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, wow, yeah, like, EQ Chase and Corey all playing the X. 
Man, you got Will, you got Will the X, you got Breeze and Corey at the, you know, at the W. You got yeah. me and Amir in the slot, Tori in the slot. And it's like we can all play different, we can all play somewhere else. We don't have to all play like in one spot. Like we all just you gotta play here, you gotta play here. We're not like, I mean, it wasn't like we were dumb. We could figure it out. We can we can learn the playbook and yeah, the offense definitely wasn't that hard. We were just running right that hard. So it was just confusing. Like it always that always confused me. Like, why weren't we just like and then if, if we did switch positions, it wasn't ever like uh they ever they never threw the ball to yeah, it was just like you would switch out there to give a decoy. It wasn't it's even like basically man, a decoy. you just running it. It's basically just a run play. Like they could probably motion you back to the position you get anyway. <laughs> so it was just like I, that's always confused me about college football. And I and you still, I mean, I guess you see it a lot. Um, I don't know if they just don't want to like make it too complicated as far as the, the playbook. But uh, uh, you know, you see a lot of teams they 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 might only move one receiver around or something. But you know, I just thought like if we just literally just have Instead of having, you know, put Will in the slot, put, you know, put Amir out of X, put, you know, made Corey out of X, put Amir in the W in the, in the boundary. And then all of a sudden we got a whole new matchup. And then now they, they can't just zero in on like try double team Will. They got to do something. You know, they got to find him. Exactly. So it's like, I just felt like we were so one dimensional and we could have been a lot, of, a lot more dangerous. I think the other thing, that I hear all the time from, you know, all you guys that were on that squad was uh, three letters that just makes everybody cringe. And it goes back to something you say, these three initials, BVG. <laughs> I see that reaction. I see that reaction. That's the same reaction. <laughs> Man, listen, it was, it was so funny. Like, I remember talking to a uh, – uh, one of my my good friends, his dad was, you know, asking about like how's the defense, you know, how's the team looking, how's the defense, you know, everything. And this is like right after, you know, this I think this is right uh, this is right after the LSU game. And I'm like, listen, offense, we explosive, we making a lot of big plays. Yeah. But I'm, not, I'm I was like, I'm also not sure if it's the defense messing up, but we just, we just it because we making a lot of big plays in this defense. And it was just like, sir, I think. Sometimes, you know, like, like, like I was just talking about our offense, like we, we should have been more complicated. I think the defense should have been less complicated. Yeah. So it's like, you know, <laughs> he I, had people pressed and stressed. Right. I mean, I was, it, it confused me when he had, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure about like, I'm, from the NFL locker rooms I've been in, the safeties and the linebackers control most of the communication. He had the corners doing most of, a lot of most of communication. That, that always confused me. Wait, what do you mean, like communicating how, like calling coverages? Man, I, <laughs> I remember they were saying the corners was calling the coverages. And I, I mean, I, you, you might have to ask, you might have to ask Key or somebody else, but I because I really you, heard, you would see him communicating way more than anybody else. Like, literally, like the, the corner was talking. Usually, you know, the safeties tell the corner something. They like, all right, go. They go to the man. But this, like, you the hear the corner this, tell this, it. This, the corner telling the safety where to go, and I'm like, well, I don't know if this is how it's supposed to be. And then you just see the safeties all out of position. They just don't. They got no chance to even make plays. No chance. Sending <laughs> a lot of blitzes is not even getting home. Uh, I mean, at that time we didn't really have. I mean, our pass rush was good, but it wasn't. Uh, I wouldn't say it's not. It wasn't as elite as it has been in the past few years in the ring. So, you know, we didn't have that pass rush that was just getting there. And we have we didn't really have blitzers who were also getting there, so it was like you're leaving these guys out on islands. Yeah, I mean they just I mean there's nothing you can do with the DB. I mean you got no, I mean they got everywhere to throw the ball. Like you can be covering somebody, but they still got to throw. 
they still got an open throw to him because they can just throw him away. They can just throw the ball away from him because there's nobody else out there. It's like four, it's literally four people going, <laughs> you know, maybe has sometimes three because they just blitzing people and leaving holes everywhere. So, That's you know, it felt like, man. you and your boy Leak, man, y'all, you know, y'all boys, it's, it's easy to tell. Y'all the <laughs> boys, man. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think you might hurt his feelings a little bit coming up because <laughs> I want to ask you about championship weekend in the nfl and get your thoughts <laughs> so let's start with the nfc okay matchup rams 49ers the rams yo have had a difficult time beating the 49ers you played in that division yeah divisional rivals like i expect it to be a hard-hitting game they know each other like the back of their hands how do you see that game playing out it's tough man that was that's gonna be a tough game um, that NFC West is a tough division. Uh, I I think it's really hard to beat somebody three times, uh, e- either either side. Uh, you know, you might have you might get their number a couple of times, but they're gonna eventually bounce back. So I mean, I I, I think it's gonna be the Rams, but that's gonna be I think that's gonna be the game of the weekend for sure. Right. Say that again. I think that's, that's, gonna, be the game. <laughs> that's gonna be the game of the weekend. I think so for sure. The other one is gonna be like a. But I I'm teasing my boy. Of course, Mr. Bengals himself over here. So let's talk about the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Joe Burrow, Joe B. Yeah, Joey Business. Cigar <laughs> Joe goes in the arrowhead to face off against Patrick Mahomes. How do you see this game playing out? Only one way. Listen, Only one way. Listen, the Bengals, the Bengals got put up them points. <laughs> We can do that. We can. Y'all, y'all, they definitely y'all definitely got the offense. Yeah. I I haven't really watched the Bengals play a lot. Like I I barely watched them in the playoffs. I was traveling over the weekend, so I didn't get to watch it. I don't really. I ain't really seen the defense. You ain't missing nothing. <laughs> you ain't missing nothing. Just watch watch them on offense and turn the TV. Yeah, the uh, if you don't stop Tyreek Hill, it's a wrap. That's that's, yeah. that's that's facts. Like if you don't that that should be the main. <laughs> Main game plan: No Tyree Kill. Y'all should triple cover him. Y'all can <laughs> now, Travis Kelsey can get busy on people too. Hey, let, let Kelsey get because he gonna it's gonna be slower. Kelsey gonna give you about, <laughs> 10, gonna give you about ten to fifteen. He might give you a big 25, 30 yard run, but Tyree gonna give you eighty in one. Play. <laughs> <laughs> you let it. Man, that that run that last week that was the that was Yo, wow. But, I, but do you think they don't want to tackle because he? How is he that everybody in NFL is fast? He literally did a piece on dudes in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> he ran past him like he literally made air like he outran a, a corner that was running full speed and he made him look like he was like slow. Like he made he make people look like they just not even moving out there. You so know, in the person, that, it has know? to look crazy. It has to look crazy in person. Yeah. You knew when he made Poyer miss in the middle of the field. You know, bro, I was like, and he, he changed directions at full speed. That was the crazy <laughs> thing. And like once he turned the corner, I was like, "Oh, it's a wrap." But it's like nobody was close. I'm like, "Oh, jump and get him! Jump and get him! You're right there!" And like the moment he caught the ball, I was like, "Yo, that's touchdown!" He he literally turned on. He literally turned off, took off on everybody. I was like, "That's touchdown!" You're right. That is fast. So CJ, I'm giving you two quarterbacks. Who are you taking right now? I can't wait to hear this. Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. Oh, easy. Oh, yeah, easy. I'm taking Josh. Woo! I'm taking Josh. Bro, Josh, I don't 
Josh Michael. Talk about it, CJ. Josh Allen, my favorite quarterback in the league right now. What? Yes, sir. Talk about it. Talk about it. I don't know what it is about him, bro. Him and Justin Herbert are my two favorite quarterbacks, but like. Oh, oh. wow. You heard those two names, But franchises like like that, though. Joey's Joey's like that. Joey's like that. But no, nah, said Josh Allen was your favorite right now. No, that's the, that's my favorite because the way he played, like he, he like he's he's I'm not I'm I'm not, I'm not going crazy here, but he's he's as like running wise, he run it. He don't run like Lamar Jackson, but he run as much as Lamar Jackson. And he, <laughs> like he get it done, bro. Like he'll hurdle you, he'll juke you, he'll do whatever. <laughs> and he he's cold, bro. Like I, he he's really cold to me. Um, and, and the throws he be making, fire. Well, okay. you gotta stop hating, man. I'm not hating. hating. I'm Dude, not hating. You called him a glorified running back, bro. No, I didn't. Yeah, you I did. Yeah, LL Nation will let you know. <laughs> you said it two days ago on the podcast. You called him a glorified running back, my dude. I said that I think Josh Allen has a lot of talent, but people overhyping when he loses games that he's not supposed to lose. That's all. What That's game all. was he not? Was he supposed to win Sunday? Like CJ said, it's hard to beat somebody as much as they've been beating them. <laughs> so I'm expecting Josh to be like, okay, it's my turn because everybody boosting me. I'm dumb hype. I got nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. I'm supposed to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He let me down like our guy butt fumble, Mark Sanchez. He scored with 13 seconds left. How did he let you down? Listen, like, like I win. defense wins championships. <laughs> now, the number one pass defense, give up all that. I mean, damn. Yeah, they, I told you. Leslie Frazier had all his interviews canceled. I mean, I, 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 I'm like the 13 seconds, I can kind of like, I was like, all right, like y'all messed up, but y'all y'all get a, a pass. Overtime, they went down and scored not, like, without being stopped. It was like, <laughs> like are, you, are y'all even out there? Like, come on. Bro. That, I, I can't. I can't. I can like. I can forgive them for the 13 seconds because that was, you know, they, they the Chiefs are really good clock management and they had three timeouts and like that's. If you're a good team, like, and you got some really good players, you can get down the field in 13 seconds, you know, in less than that. So, but for for them to let them just go down there and just score, <laughs> like it was, it was, it was, it was like a like a, a walkthrough out there almost. Like they just passed them. It wasn't tackling. It wasn't running fast. I'm like, come on, Buffalo. This is overtime. Yeah, like the game. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. Our special guest, we thank CJ Procise for giving us some time today. Is there anything you want to promote off the field that you're into and let people know how they can stay connected to you on social media and everything else that you're doing? Yeah, man. I uh, I got I just opened my gym up uh, back in May down in Frisco, Texas. Um, BP Performance. Uh, You can you follow us on IG. IG is BP performance um uh, 24-7. I can send it to the it's 20 it's BP performance 24 underscore seven. Okay. Um, and yeah, man, we 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 getting started. We got you know, we've got a lot of kid classes and uh, a lot of group sessions, also, you know, for adults. We got group classes and group sessions. So uh um we've we've been we've been having a great start to the year. We keep it going. So I'm just glad to glad y'all had me on. And I mean let, let me promote that. So thank you. Oh, it's crazy because we talked about this yesterday, man. Do kids play pickup football in the park like we used to? You know, I'm so specialized now, man. It's crazy. Yeah, like you know, every time I go out to a field out here, 
because I, I live out in, like I said, I live out in the Frisco, Frisco area, um, Frisco, Texas. It's it's always per like people doing doing personal training. They ain't like people just picking up the football and going out playing no more. It's oh, it's like I'm paying for a session. I'm paying for a session to get trained out here. I mean, <laughs> Texas is you know, different. You know, it's a you know it's the mecca of football. So you gotta it's football year round out here, and and so you know we 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 constantly training. We constantly got like you know teams coming into the gym who want to just uh who needed like a place to train their kids and just do like little like little stuff for them and stuff so um yeah man like it's a serious it's serious down here um and i think they even have like kid organized like kid football organizations where you got to be involved to be to even playing like you gotta be involved all year to be playing them like if you ain't training with them during this like during the off season they won't let you play with them I'm like this is like this isn't this is not even high school oh. This is like Pop Warner. Oh, yeah. It's real down here. Yeah, I was talking to somebody recently. They were telling me that Frisco is one of those areas that if you bought in like 10 years ago, yeah, like it's popping for you right now. Yeah, for sure. If you bought in 10 years ago, you definitely, you definitely went out there. Yeah. Like, I mean, they said 10 years ago, it was just, you know, farmland and cows, you know, like now it's it's all built up. It's, is every they literally have everything here now? Damn. All right, man. You know, Malik, I'm gonna let CJ stay on, man. <laughs> petty train? Should we let him stay on for the they train? The petty train, man. Yeah, should he? he, I, he I, yeah, let him. He's the first guest. We're gonna have him be the first guest to stay on for the petty train. LL Nation, you know what time it is. All right. <laughs> It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction each and every day. We talk about the pettiest stories, right? So, Jonathan Kuminga, man. I don't know if you saw this highlight last night, bro. This dunk he put on the Dallas Mavericks last night, bro. Man, of course, for, for licensing rights, we can't show it. Look, man. It's not the, the dunk wasn't petty. It was what he did after the dunk, right? Oh, he just dunked, he dunked on dude, turned around and just grinned <laughs> and laughed, right? But he wasn't even grinning at the dude. He didn't even respect the dude enough to grin at him. He just turned and Clay Thompson's walking from half court and he's just grinning, laughing at Clay like, yeah, I got him. I got him. That's it's just petty. right. He didn't even do anything. Just mad, <laughs> mad petty, man. I thought that was ridiculously petty. So we got to throw that cat Jonathan Kaminga on the petty train today. Oh, we got to throw him on the petty train. The next thing I got to throw on the petty train, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. This goddamn Chicago weather, dog. <laughs> I'm done. I'm officially done. CJ, I told him all of my Chicago was gone, man. <laughs> like every ounce of Chicago that allowed me to deal with the cold weather, is I can't do it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. This was the expiration date. So this Chicago cold weather currently, like I said, when I went out to put air in the tire, it was like seven below. Whew. Now we sitting at about six degrees, baby. I hurt my stomach, hurt my chest. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You ain't getting in cold weather no more, huh, CJ? I'm good, okay. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Last but not least, and of course we want to see what LL Nation has to say, the Baseball Writers of America. Let me tell you something, man. And everybody that wants to get on that pulpit talking about cheating the game and you don't deserve to get into the Hall of Fame. Look, man, unless the owners are about to give back all the TV money that came from the steroid era, and all of the money that came from concessions and people walking in the turnstiles during that era when baseball was at its greatest. Unless you all are about to give that money back to charity, I don't want to hear what you have to say because you all were complicit. Players, management, owners, you all shared in the windfall. Everybody. Thanks. So unless you're about to do something with that money and give it to charity, Put the men in the Hall of Fame, man. Straight up. Yeah. The TV deals you have today came off of their backs and their sweat. But now baseball writers want to act like they have to protect, protect the sanctity of <laughs> baseball. That's why baseball is like the third most loved sport. America's pastime, that's why it's like third now. Yeah. Because of actions like this. It's still and women's basketball is coming up because they dunking now. Yeah. So I slide the four. <laughs> like Barry Bonds, my dude. Like, come on. He's like the greatest. He's literally like the greatest player to ever play the game. Like, come Kanye on. Kanye literally made a song called <laughs> Barry Bonds. <laughs> and you won't put this dude in the Hall of Fame? Man, show that brother some love, baseball writers. Hey, please show that dude some love. Please. And I gotta throw Nick Saban back out there, man. I don't know what Nick Saban tells other great players on other great teams to get them to come to uh, Alabama. Like, dude, you we already know he went and grabbed the starting wide receiver off the national championship team. That's crazy. Like this dude Nick just Saban beat did. you two weeks ago. I'm like, all right, come on over here. Probably right. talk, talk to him after the game. Like, hey, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, after the game, yeah. You leaving with us, right? Or you just gonna go back home first? Or you taking the plane back with us? <laughs> Let me get my assistant to arrange your travel back to uh, Alabama tonight. Right, right. <laughs> so he snagged the ACC freshman of the year, offensive freshman of the year. He snagged a first round DB from LSU. Just come on over. Then he snags Burton, and reports pop up that he's about to snag another DB from Kirby Smart. I don't, man, look. And look, he told us, look, I'm doing it this way. If y'all really want me to tap into that NIL, it's gonna be a problem. He told them at the press conference before the championship game, like, man, y'all need to regulate this or it's gonna be bad. 
I hope the only is, thing man. left is uh Nick Saban showing up in music videos. That's the only thing left. Hey, he already <laughs> doing commercials yeah. with Prime. Hey. He already doing commercials with Deion Sanders. I mean, I bet you Nick Saban has a commercial at the Super Bowl. Oh, I yeah. bet you it's an athletic commercial with him and Deion Sanders at the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. We're going to do our list, but we want you, CJ, to give us your early list. You know the Super Bowl, right? You got Eminem, Kendrick, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Mary J. Blige. Mm -hmm. Who, by the way, you know, Malik says is overrated. She can't sing. Who? Mary, Mary J. Blige. Man, Malik, you my dad. You about to have me hang up, man. Man. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, everybody know Mary J. Blige can't sing. That's another story, though. You just yeah, Malik a controversial play, uh, person. <laughs> a controversial person. I don't know. It's just this week. This week he's been on one. I don't know what it is. Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Mary J. Blige is just like yo. He's been. This is my question. Give me your three songs that you won't hear at the Super Bowl. But you would love to hear. It's a P it has to be PC because it's the Super Bowl. But give me the three joints. No, give me a joint from each person that you would love to hear that you know. Man, they ain't gonna do that one. So we got Kendrick. Who are we got? Kendrick, Dr. Kendrick, Dre. Kendrick, Eminem, Snoop. Dr. Dre, Snoop. Snoop, Mary J. Blige. Ooh. Dang, oh no, let me see. Give me a Kendrick song that you wish he would do, but you doubt that they would let him do at the Super Bowl. I mean, he, he probably do. I mean, he probably do. He can do Money Trees, can't he? Uh, I mean, I think Mass, Mass City, I guess. Uh, the thing about Kendrick is that he's already half PC. If yeah. Anything, anything from To Pimp a Butterfly would be the one I'm going with. They yeah, like, yeah. there's some, some stuff on that good kid Mad City. I don't think he can bring out. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't beat, beat don't kill my vibe. Yeah, no, definitely please that. Yeah, definitely that. That's the song I, I definitely want to hear. That's that's my that's okay. my go to. That's my definitely my go to with Kendrick. Uh, don't kill my vibe. Let's see, Eminem. What's the song? Eminem. Oof. And what can Eminem perform that? No. <laughs> Straight up, if he ain't saying mom spaghetti, everything else is important. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Snoop. I'm just, you know, I always want to hear that gin and juice. Classic Snoop. Whoever Snoop's booking juice. agent is is amazing. He booked this man for Olympics to cooking shows hey. to hey, Super Bowl. Man. This man everywhere, man. Snoop getting Snoop getting that bread. You can't even blame him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing birthday yeah. parties. This man doing it all. Yeah, yeah. he uh, yeah, I think he's doing all the uh NFTs and everything too. Like he yeah. NFTs now. He <laughs> Dre, let me see. Ooh, and I gotta see what we got with Dre. I already know we can skip Mary J. Blige because I know you ain't want to hear nothing from her anyway. He's so disrespectful, bro. <laughs> He's so disrespectful, man. He's so disrespectful. You might have to go to Chronic 2000. That's I don't want to see it. I'm thinking about the Chronic. I mean, you know, all the... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm about the old school stuff, though. Like, for real. Like, straight out Compton. I, 
don't okay, know. So you're right. You can go back to NWA. Yeah, that's that's right. I'm, I'm thinking about the NWA time, right. but nah. uh fuck the police. Well, I, he's uh, definitely not gonna do F the police. Yeah, def- that's definitely ain't in there. But nah, yeah, I def- it's a lot, bro. It's it's so many good people. I ain't even, honestly, I ain't even know what the Super Bowl halftime performance who was even performing until y'all just told me. Um so but Kendrick, that's gonna be live though. They got everybody from LA out there. Yeah. And you got Mary and Dre both dropping albums after the show, as Ooh. soon as the show was over. That's she just tough. need to just drop more power episodes. Stop getting exposed. You know, that's my whole thing. She needs to stop getting exposed on power. So <laughs> that's all you can think about. That's all I can think about. CJ, are you are you a big secession guy? Nah. You're not a big secession guy. You watch power. No, I don't really watch Power. My girl, my girl watched Power all the time. Like, okay. I just, be, I just be like, I be seeing what's going on on the side. I don't really be invested though. That cat Malik boy, that that dude tweets. He's that dude. Like, don't follow Malik if you if you haven't seen the episode of Power. On tell you everything. <laughs> don't, don't follow Malik. He definitely will spoil it for you. I love that show. Love the show. But CJ, man, we appreciate you joining us today. LL Nation, don't forget, subscribe, share, like, hit that like button, man. And next week, uh, we got uh, home team Julian Aguar joining us next Tuesday. He'll be on. And then uh, hopefully we have an interview this weekend that we'll be dropping sometime next week. That's going to be pretty dope. So be locked in. Follow us at Lucky Lefty Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and then we're available on Apple Podcasts under A2S Network. A2S Network, go ahead and search for that. Go ahead and subscribe to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. All of our content is right there. So, for the great CJ Procise, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire, I'm Sean Davis. As we tell you always, spin it different today. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Appreciate y'all, man.